So I Married a Cinephile uses clips, quotes, and songs in fair use as commentary for movie review, with no intention for monetary profit or gain. So please don't sue us. We're just having fun. Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? Guys, I'm Ben Farmer, and I'm a cinephile. I'm Megan Carver, and I'm a cine newbie. Am I ever gonna graduate away from cine newbie? Like, no. is that ever gonna? No. No. All right. We'll have to change the title if you do. Oh God. Well, I don't think I don't think I'll be able to watch enough movies to be able to get to cinephile. It's just there's not enough time. Not enough time in a day. Anyways, we watch all kinds of movies, new and old. And we let you know if you should watch them too. Welcome back to a sort of Halloweeny themed. I guess we're going back to the year 1990. I mean, it's definitely spooky and like suspenseful. Yeah. It's not like you know. It's not it. We're not looking at like. Thrasher. Thrasher? Thrasher? Thrasher. Like a thresher? Like a thresher? Like a threshold? <laughs> like, a, like a lawnmower that you're riding? Yeah. So the happening. We're not <laughs> right. looking at a thresher movie. Uh, still Stephen King, though. Right. So like last week's podcast of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we're going back to the year 1990. Mm-hmm. Like the podcast before, we're going back to a Stephen King novel. Right. So, but this was a movie that Megan hadn't seen yet. So, yes. I'm excited to chat about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, in the interim, uh, any, the only update I have is that my shoot got moved. Oh, right. So, which I didn't know how. Okay. Here's the thing as an actor, you're told, show up on set. That's yep. it. All you have to do is bring your pretty face over to set when they need you. Yep. I didn't know that it's like, hey, we also need to figure out the schedule of the crew, the schedule of the location, the schedule of the lamp that has to be on location and make sure that there's a crew member to hold that <laughs> lamp that has the certification for that lamp. Lamp coming in. Like there's so much involved. Yep. And so we had to push things back because things just weren't lining up. Uh, so you're going mid-November now. Yeah, it'll be mid-November. Well, I know Rocket will be really happy. Yes. Because we have a two-day acting gig this week, and you were supposed to fly out like the the next Literally morning the next when we got morning. back. Yeah. At like 6 a.m. That would have been really rough, to right. be honest. Because we would have gotten home at like 6 or 7 mm, yeah, o'clock. 6 or 7, yeah. And then I would have had to be at JFK at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. That would have sucked. Quick turnaround. Yes. And then Rocket would have been profoundly confused. Yes. As to where the hell did Mom go? You just got back. Right. So, so he'll be happy. Yeah. It works uh, out, I think. But yeah. uh, actors, last one hired, first one fired. On the producing writing side, it's much different as far as scheduling. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't, I just, and also, too, it's like you, that's why you get cast <clears throat> so late on in the project. Yeah. And that's why they call you six hours before you're due on set. Right. Like, a lot of the TV projects that I've had, they don't call you until, they're like, yeah, someone will give you a call and let you know, like, your call time and everything. And <clears throat> and uh, it's always been, like, eight hours before. That's insanity. <laughs> like, hey, you're supposed to show up on this day. And I'm like, ah, uh, I mean, okay, okay I'm, I'm glad I took great. the day off. You know, yeah. Like, so, last one hired, first one fire. But I imagine it's been a very educational experience yeah, learning about the other side of. and it's definitely good it's something i'm still learning about know that i you know don't know everything i can yeah. only know so much as i go because right. i'm learning what it is to be on the opposite side of the camera ah uh, life ah uh, life ah uh, learning <laughs> how weird is it that you don't know things and right. then get frustrated at yourself that you didn't know something <laughs> why do we do that i don't know 
know. Why, Why do we do think we, do we know everything? We get frustrated ourselves because we don't know something. Like, it's oh, like, oh shit, I should have known that. Well, like, no, no, not really. You that's, didn't know anything that about it. That hasn't been your job in the last no. That's like when fifteen people years come of your to profession. Row house and take one class and get mad at themselves for not getting it in the first class. Right. Right. It takes some time. It does. There's it a out. learning curve to life. You've actually had some cool stuff happening in terms of like uh, stuff for prep for your marathon. Yeah. The I just want people to know about the weird spa that we're going to oh, later right. today. <laughs> it's not a weird spa. It's a weird spa. We're not going it's, to it's a. This crazy, we're not going to a massage parlor down in Chinatown. It's this crazy <laughs> weird space aged themed spa. <laughs> It's uh, terrifying. It's it's a recovery. I guess it's a spa. I'd have to look up the definition of what. If the of fact what a that there's is. like like there are treatments depri- deprivation meditation. Yes. In it that makes it feel like a spa to me. You get are your, there cucumbers involved? No, but there is water. Is there cucumber there's water? Bougie, there's bougie water, and the bottles they're not bottles. They're like the 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 boxes. It's. It's boxed water. It's a spa. That just says water. That's a spa. <laughs> if it's got bougie ash, bougie ash, bougie ash water, bougie ash water that's, that's a, a spa. spa. <laughs> I don't care if you're in an alley. If you've got strawberry in your hydration, that's a spa. That's a spa, dear. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to, uh, it's a really great place right across the street from Row House. Um, we're, we are specifically going in for, uh, what is it called? It's it's like isolated cryotherapy, essentially. Okay. So they're going to freeze the sore spots on our bodies Ugh. for 10 minutes, and then they're going to bring the temp right back up. Okay. They're going to freeze them, and then we're going to get some blood flow back in there, and uh, You've it's going to be good. I've done this once, and it's awesome. Yeah? It's a weird sensation because okay. it's like... It's it's sub-zero temperatures on one part of your body. Uh-huh. So and but you can actually feel it, especially afterwards when the blood comes rushing back to those muscles. Uh-huh. You can feel them kind of wake up. But what it takes it the, takes the inflammation down. What about the boots? Did you do the boots when you were there? The Normatec boots, no. I think I want to do those today though. Oh, okay. Um because I haven't tried those yet. We're gonna go work out before we go. Right. And then we're gonna go do this recovery. We're good thing. People. We are such good people. <laughs> um so yeah, and then uh, our marathon is two weeks from today. I'm so, so proud of you. I'm going I'm so to so excited. You. Thank you. I I ran a little bit yesterday. I've I've just tried to accept the fact that I'm running hurt essentially. Yeah. Um. A lot of people are. So yeah. I'm doing everything that I can to nurse my injury to keep it on the level. I'm not gonna run 26 miles straight through. So I'm just gonna keep an open mind and finish the race and have a good time. Yeah. And uh, you raised a fuck ton of money. I did. For kids. I raised almost three grand for Team for Kids. That's so amazing. thank you to everyone who donated. Yeah. There's a lot going on outside of this injury. It's admittedly, it's been really hard for me not to like get weighed down in it because mm-hmm. it's really frustrating when your body doesn't do what you want it to do, right. especially when you think you're doing everything right. So yeah, it's been very educational. And there's my ambulance. So right. I have to go. <laughs> uh, so it hasn't been very miserable. But speaking of misery, oh my god, we actually watched. Uh, a film that came out in 1990 based on the novel by Stephen King, which I believe was published in 1987. So I think this was the novel he wrote right after he finished it. Oh, so, really? Really cool backstory as to why he wrote the novel and okay. what it's about for him. I'd like to talk a little bit about the the differences between the novel and the movie which we watched. Right. 
Like um, most people, I have not read any Stephen King novels. Oh, man. This, this one is short. Like, it's a short novel. It is, like, 1,200 pages. This one's around, like, 500. Oh, so I could read that. It's a pretty quick read. Okay. Um, Annie Wilkes would be a great character for you to play. I, I think. know. <laughs> Maybe in about, like, 10, no, 10 years. No, here's the thing. Watching, she's <clears> not, but that's the thing, is that she's not that old in this. I think Kathy Bates was maybe in her late 30s, early 40s. Right, and I'm in yeah. my mid-30s, yeah. so I'm yeah. like, hey, man, let's just do it. Time's time's coming. Yeah. Um, directed by Rob Reiner, uh, who also directed uh, The Princess Bride, uh, A Few Good Men, When Harry Met Sally, son of Carl Reiner, who's a famous comedian, one of Mel Brooks's BFFs. Uh, starring uh, Jimmy Kahn. James Kahn is Paul Sheldon. Uh, you may remember James Kahn from The Godfather, who played Sonny Corleone. And I think his other famous role was the 70s version of Rollerball, I think. What is that? Uh, it's it's like a futuristic, post-apocalyptic game where everyone is uh, playing some sort of life or death game on on roller skates. Okay, I was like, unless roller skates are involved, <laughs> if this is one of those, I don't remember if it's, it's roller like skates or roller face blades. Off, but it's not about hockey, <laughs> even though there's no hockey implied in the title. There was a remake of Rollerball, I think, in the year two thousand with Rebecca Romaine and okay. Chris Klein, who plays really? the dimwit in Election. Oh yeah. Um, and who else? I think LL Cool J was in it too. Well, now we I need never, to watch. Now that. we must. Now watch we have to watch that. That sounds amazing. Uh, and uh, of course, Kathy Bates stars as Annie Wilkes. Oh. Uh, really small cast. We have uh, yeah. Richard Farnsworth who plays a supporting role as the small the sheriff. town sheriff, and uh, oh. Hollywood legend Lauren Bacall shows up for a few scenes yes. as uh, Jimmy Kahn's literary agent. But again, She's stunning. She is stunning. It's like, just like she in any scene that she shows up in. It's just kind of like everybody's acting around her. Around, it doesn't right. matter if she's the like the main focus of that scene. Everybody is just is around her. Right, right. I mean, she she's old Hollywood. So she it's, is. You, and she just has that gravitas. Yes. You know, she um, holds herself in a certain way. She she was before uh, Marlon, Marlon Brando came in and did the whole subtlety acting and kind of sure. changed that whole changed dynamic. Yeah. You watch a movie like The Ten Commandments and then you watch On the Waterfront and you'd be like, yes. there's a big difference here. Yes. <laughs> We're not playing for the camera. I haven't really. seen On the Waterfront. Oh, really? I don't know what that is. Oh. We should we should watch that. That's okay. Well, okay. You want to silence your phone? Maybe? I am. What's happening? It's just letting me know that I need to drink water and my <laughs> screen time is down. <laughs> Mine's down too. It is like your screen time is down forty two percent. I'm like, well, that's because I forty two. Well, because I hid Instagram and Facebook. Oh, I good hid idea. It in a part of my phone so that I can't. It's not. Do you get like, like a day to day or a week to week? Mine's more like week to week. Oh, but that's actually down. the first time it's notified me because it's usually pretty consistent. Mine's down twelve percent. Uh-huh. I look at my phone. I think three hours a day. Okay. So and you've also cut out then. social media. No social media, man. It's sober month. October. So I, you know what? I don't know if I'll put Instagram back on my phone right. to be honest because I don't miss it right. at all. So, it's really great. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, misery. Back to it. Back to it. Again, based on the novel by Stephen King. Yes. Uh, plot synopsis via IMDb. After a famous author is rescued from a car crash by a fan of his novels, he comes to realize that the care he is receiving is only the beginning of a nightmare of captivity and abuse. I would have left out the of captivity and abuse. I would say the beginning of a nightmare. Well, he is in cap like she I is know. 
holding him prisoner. If I'm being picky about the IMDb breakdown written by right. Joe Schmo, <laughs> yeah, that's solid. Uh, great reviews, a lot of accolades. Uh, Kathy Bates won an Academy Award for playing Annie Wilkes. Was this lead she, or supporting? Lead. Okay, good. She won lead actress. She also won uh, the lead Golden Globe. Um, nominated oh. for a BAFTA, like she swept a lot of the major awards categories with this. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Rightfully she's so. Fucking amazing this is a terrifying role. And, and I have to give, of course, props to James Caan, who is just the sounding board for all of Kathy Bates's insanity in this. You, yeah. you get to see his reactions in real time of her just losing her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get into the minutiae here in a little bit. So I just like I, I actually didn't love his work in this. I didn't love the beginning part of it. Okay. When he's just trying to be a normal schmo. Like, uh, for some reason, I didn't think he was believable. And I don't know why. Mm. Like, there was just something about him that I felt was phoned in. Like, uh, like for example, when the car crash happens at the very beginning, and he's upside down in the car, and his manuscript shows up, like, three inches away from his face. And I actually laughed out loud, which was not an appropriate place to laugh out loud. Wait, his, his book bag? Yeah. Oh. His little well, manuscript bag. Or as he's riding along in his car, it's like on the shotgun seat. Right. So it's... But like <clears throat> it's it was like his reaction in that moment uh. and then his reaction like when he woke up and his reaction to Kathy Bates in a couple of different areas. Yeah. I was just like, Okay, what what are we doing? Right. Like I don't I for some reason it seemed disingenuous and I c I can't figure out why. You think maybe it's because he lives in New York and he's de- he's maybe used he's to just dealing like, with like it's just okay. a fucking like all right. <laughs> I don't have any change for it. No, so. I don't have time for the yeah. <laughs> you know. No. Oh, please don't clean may- my window shields. <laughs> but maybe don't. later on he realizes that he's like, oh, I'm actually in big trouble. Maybe. Yeah, you know. I don't know. I just, I felt like there was something missing from that role. And I feel awful saying that because he's an incredible actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I wanted somebody else in the part. It, it's an interesting role because I think it can be filled by almost anyone. And James Caan was a really interesting choice because right. I know that Jack Nicholson turned it down. Oh, that, that would have been amazing. It would have been amazing, but I think it would have been a little bit too much. Like Jack would have had to go really understated right. because he because did, he did the shining. 80, sure. He he just did the 89 Batman. Sure. You know, th- this was That would almost be like too much. He would the have to like coin. rein it in. Yeah. yeah. It would have just been a lot sure of like a lot okay. of big energy on screen. You it's know? weird like the first thing I thought of was like oh, Robert Downey Jr., <laughs> but then that wouldn't make sense. He no, cuz he's really he would be pretty young. He would have been, but I meant like like, like nowadays, if we remade it, who would be in it? I mean, I, like, I would obviously be in it. But, sure, of course. Right. Um, on Broadway, it was done, I think, in the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, but Bruce Willis played Paul oh, Sheldon. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which was kind of inter- an interesting choice. I don't know how I feel but about that. But I feel that. like I feel like James Caan did a really good job, at again, at more subtlety. Because he he knew that he was sort of the counterbalance to Kathy Bates's character. So right. I feel like it had to be understated, sure. you know. He couldn't and you saw in this movie it is almost nothing but close-ups. It is. It's a which lot is of jarring. It's claustrophobic, it's isolating, like you really get to see and and I I applaud these actors for that. I think the sign of a really good film actor yeah. is knowing how to calibrate your performance based on how close the fucking camera is. Yeah. You hear directors talk all the time about this actor is so good because when we're doing a medium or a wide 
they're doing something a little bit louder, I guess. But when we cut into the closer to the cowboy it's, shot, uh, they calibrate. They're aware of what lens is being used. They know what frame the camera's in. I'm not good at and that. And they know that they don't have... <laughs> you're not? <laughs> well, I mean, okay. I'm, I'm working on it. I, I could be better at it because I'm used to theater acting. Right. Getting yeah. to the back row. Right. Exactly. So they, they know how to calibrate their performances. And it is, it is like a master class in subtlety, especially watching Annie Wilkes go from a slow boil oh, to yeah. completely just insanity going manic nuts. Um, or in the same vein being manic and being completely understated yeah like some of the like the very quiet where you can just feel there's something happening underneath but there's dead on the top right or or just the opposite where you feel like from the tone of her voice where she's talking like this right and I'm going to kill you now. That's what I and mean. Darling, I love you so much. Right. You know, there's that kind of so thing. I'm like, happening. you sound dead, but there's actually a lot. Right. There's, the, the wheels are turning. Right. That's in. exactly what I mean. So do but we like, want to... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No. So I... Yeah. I... First of all, who drives without any chains? Who... I know that he later on said, well, I didn't know there was a right. blizzard. I'm like, yeah, 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 you yeah. can't even see the road. <laughs> you are in Colorado. You are in Colorado. <laughs> Where it does nothing you but snow. You idiot. <laughs> like, that made me so furious. And, like, I did... That made me so mad. So he's <laughs> finishing up his most recent novel. Correct. He's done, done with these romance novels that he's been writing Which for Which he's been famous eons. for. He's written, I think, eight novels based on the character Misery Chastain. Right. So he, he feels a little bit... Uh, muddied as a writer like yeah. he's made all of this money and had all the success but he feels like he's put out a bunch of romantic pulp right. so he's off like you said finishing this new novel which doesn't have a title right it's like if one of the actors from the original Power Rangers all of a sudden got into a Shakespearean role <laughs> starting like, to do Hamlet just like everyone wants to see the red Power Ranger but he's like if I could just be Macbeth just, be... <laughs> just let me <laughs> which then how old is that red Power Ranger <laughs> right that would be really odd um, but so then he he crashes on yes. his way back because yes. he's finished up his novel uh-huh. Uh, and then this stranger from the mist takes him out of the car, mm-hmm. brings him back to their house, and then we light up, and it's Annie Wilkes. Yeah, he he sort of comes out of it hearing her, her hearing her say, "Oh, I'm your biggest fan. I'm so honored to have you in my home." As it turns out, Annie is a nurse yeah. of of some repute. Who, we'll who has who has helped sort of is uh, stabilize his legs? He's his legs are broken in like three different places. Oh my god! I think he has broken ribs. His face is all fucked up. He broke his right arm, so he's in he's in no condition to either move or travel. Though to her credit, like later on in the movie when he's up and walking, he seems to be walking fine. So part of me wonders, like maybe she did kind of no. Know what I feel she like she doing. did like <laughs> legitimately like, like help him recuperate. Yeah, she like set and splinted his legs in a very sort of haphazard way. Right. But you can tell that he's not going anywhere for a while. No. And he's like, oh, can I can I use the phone? And she says, no, the power lines are down and the roads are out. But as soon as the roads clear up, they should restore power to the phone line. We'll so, yeah. so off the bat, you don't know that she's off. You, no. Because she seems just really sweet, sort of like school on yeah. Like your like your older sister or your mom like nursing you back to health, and right. she's very sweet and very kind. Like the fact that she's your biggest <clears throat> fan is almost coincidental. Yes, like it's she's not... like I have all of your novels. I love your work. Right. I consider it an honor for you to be in my home. Right, and that's kind of our introduction. You know, you get this sort of sweet, sweet as pie version of Annie Wilkes, right. and then it progresses into something 
very different. Yes. Pretty and fast. So she's taking care of him. And then, like, he does something that really pisses her off. And I can't She asks to read his new novel. Oh, And right. she's, like, 40 pages in. Oh. And she's, like, f- feeding him soup, soup from a bowl. Which she is the messiest person ever. She, like, she of. spills the soup. Later on, <laughs> she only almost when she gets spills mad, the urine. Right. But and then there was something else that she almost spilled. Oh, it was the the lighter fluid. Again, like you you start to realize that not only is the is she a little off, like you think maybe her social cues are not all that dialed right, in. Right, but no, it's like she's But it's like rage. Unhinged. Un- right. Fucking hinged. Right. Like it's not, not just social way over the cues. Spectrum. It's yeah. she's in a She's so in a bad way. She asks to read his new novel. It it has nothing to do with misery. Like this is a a, a novel sort of based on his, kind of his yeah, life his as, as a slum kid. His upgrowing, I th- his upbringing. I think in the book he he's he's a New York child. I think he was raised in either the Bronx or or like the slums, like East Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and we're talking like 50s, 60s, 70s New York upbringing and so he was a tough kid it and he she gets really pissed off that there's all this swearing and he's like yeah well i mean i was a slum kid this is how people talked and she starts like going on this whole tangent of like that's not how people talk and i love too in that instance whenever she freaks the fuck out like mm-hmm. that the camera actually dips down below right her. underneath her and so the, her it's like eyes, a pov yeah her eyes actually look like they've spread a little bit in the yeah. center like yeah. she looks <laughs> like, like the, the she's fr- fucking it lost looks like it. she's coming apart from her yeah. nose Oh, that's a like, great way like of her face is almost it. like opening up. And then up. as soon as she realizes what she's done, we bring the camera right back yeah. into level with eyeline. And then she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And then like when she she spills the tomato soup and she's like, look what you look, made me look do. Look what you made me do. And like then she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Can you ever forgive me? And she leaves. And that's when it's kind of like, then oh, okay. he realizes he's like, oh, this is she has a temper. OK, this is not <laughs> okay. ideal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, which also too. anyways, uh, I, I just wrote down like. How does she just have IV bags? <laughs> she does. That, I don't that's... know any. I'm friends with nurses, and I don't know any nurses that just have Again, IV bags. In the novel, uh, her background is is fleshed out a little bit more. Okay. What I appreciate about the movie is that it really boils it down. It's like Franco Zeffirelli's version of Hamlet, where you get rid of like the Fortinbras and the whole army and the whole outside war, and you just deal with Hamlet and What's his family happening right now. And in this case, you lose a lot of the external kind of deeper back history Stuff going on a little with bit Annie. and okay. you just deal with these two characters being in this tiny little house okay. snowed in so long story short she's a nurse we find out why she is no longer a nurse a little bit later on right. but she has been stealing all of these supplies from the hospital oh. essentially so she has like this giant backstock of I all of this see. that's why she has all that medication that she's giving him yeah i was like all that where kind of is stuff. all yeah, this yeah, yeah, coming yeah. from how does she exactly. have all this and so. why um so then effectively as things progress she what is it the the most recent book comes out the most out. recent the misery last novel comes in out. the misery <clears throat> books comes Correct. out but Correct. she doesn't know it's the last one right because like we jumped that was the other thing too there's a bunch of jumping around in the beginning where it's like we're in the mountains just kidding we're flashbacking back in new york we're back in the mountains just kidding we're flashbacking back in new york but it wasn't even flashback. It was present day. There was like yeah. a bunch of jumping around and there was so much music at the beginning yeah. that felt unnatural to me. It was like any time that there was a transition, there was a new cue of music, mm-hmm. new cue of music. And that was usually like giving uh, the audience like, okay, we're back in Colorado. Like you said, we're back in New York. Right. It kind of, the, the music sort of helped set the scene a little bit. It was supposed to, but it felt jarring to me. Oh. I didn't care for it. Oh, okay. For me, at least it's like if, if you were going to do that, just go back to New York and have a car honk. <laughs> 
booking and then you're done. We don't need to have a music for New York, a music for Colorado, music for New York, sure. music for Colorado. Sure. That tapers but off later on in the movie. They don't do it as that's, much. And like, I think that's why, yeah. like, towards the end of the movie, there's one part I just, I, I stopped taking notes because I got so engaged. I think they did it on purpose because the movie progresses in, in such a way that you just get more and more unsettled. Right. And things start to progress to a point where things are getting much yeah. worse for Oh, no, Paul it Sheldon. was calculated. Yeah, I just, very much I so. Didn't, so I think they did that Right, on it was on purpose, So the new Misery like novel is out. She doesn't know that it's the last in the series. She's asking out, him all these questions, yeah, and she's like so excited. he's killed off Misery. He's killed her off because he wants to be done with it, and she flips the fuck out and she's like she can't be dead and she's like like shaking, shaking his, his bed right. and she like grabs this this uh stool that's holding a plant she right. like shatters it over his bed oh my god and on the way out of the room she's like i one i don't think i should be around you for a while because her temper's really bad and then she turns around she's like don't even think about leaving i never called your i never called your agent i never called your family no one's coming to find you no one so knows you better here. hope that nothing happens to me because if i die you die right and she just drives away she fucking leaves him for i think 24 hours yep and i want to say in the novel it's longer but now now he realizes that he is, is in danger a fight for his life danger yeah, so which personally i probably would have just been like i don't know i don't know what i would have done in that moment with shattered legs <laughs> right. like what, what do you do you, you know can't, you, you can't do anything this is like this one thing where like people are giving advice where you have no business giving advice be like look here's what <laughs> here's you what should I done. have done okay just grab up just hit her really hard with one of your pillows just tell her See it how was she just, reacts it's actually she's not dead <laughs> uh that's just a a, a, a mix them up yeah she's and actually, he's like trying to explain himself like right. oh this this was written in the 1860s and People, women often died you know, in childbirth right. and she's like no it's, he's like she just slipped away she's like slipped away right what the fuck does that mean yeah. right she just fucking <laughs> you're like okay it. okay but then again like that amazing thing that she does where it's like she freaks out and then just drops yeah i think that's the most unsettling yeah. part about that character is that she can fucking ratchet up to like a hundred percent and then drop back down to two mm. in an instant yeah. like yeah. that's the most because there's no predictability there's a lot it. of control in it but also it 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 makes you feel like she has all the power. Yes. You know, like she, like there are moments where she is, yes, shouting, but then you realize, oh, she doesn't always need to yell. No. Because she's just imposing on her own. No, it's like in Silence. <laughs> Actually, this movie reminded me an awful lot of Silence of the Lambs in yeah. certain ways. Sure, sure, sure. And like, I think there's some parts of that because the stillness was almost more unsettling than freaking out. And you out. get some really great camera work in those scenes. Like, if you yeah. notice, like right before she left, you have kind of this quasi medium shot, and then right in the middle of, not, it's like right between lines. She's like, you better hope that nothing happens to me. Boom. Boom. Like right. they, they, they hit the zoom really, they go right up to her face right. for her next line. And there's also some really good continuity shots and sort of progressing with the plot a little bit after she breaks this thing over his bed. Right. He like, he's like trying to collect himself and he like raises his arm over his head and he feels like a piece of the stool. Yeah. And as soon as he grabs it, we cut out to this other, this medium shot. Yeah. And it, the first thing you see is him grabbing it and throwing it. Yeah. I just feel like the continuity was just really tight. Yeah. Because like, okay, in this, 
close up we have him touching the piece of wood mm-hmm. so when we pan out we have mm-hmm. to have the first thing we have to have him do is touching this and he throws it so then he tries he's like okay i need to get out of here so yeah. he tries to get out realizes that the door is <clears throat> locked and he can't get out he's yeah. stuck and he passes out right and then we come to and she's like oh you silly boo yeah you tried to get up what are you doing and, she, and she's all and she also acknowledges like the reason i'm not more popular is because i have a temper and right i realize that and i'm working on it and can right. never forgive me and right. he's like oh yeah nothing different yeah we, we all kind of lose it and then know, she's like but here's what we're gonna do we're gonna make things right and she brings <laughs> in a fucking barbecue and his most recent novel and is like you're gonna burn this she dumps kerosene on this it. is evil in the world and yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah. get rid of it so she starts talking about God and how and how she's like, I prayed and God said, oh, I delivered him unto you so that you can help him, sure. you know, bring misery back to See, life, I guess. Yeah, and, this yeah. is the thing. This is where religion becomes dangerous right. because people will attribute unhealthy, irrational thoughts and she has to this, divine this can of kerosene that she's just like she she uh, douses the novel or is it? I guess or it's maybe kerosene. it's lighter fluid. I'm not sure. Maybe it's lighter. Anyway, she has a can of, of a gasoline. Some kind of. <laughs> <laughs> something that will light you on fire. Flame enhancing substance. So she, she soaks the novel with this kerosene and he's like, he's refusing to do it. He's like, uh, I'm not going to, you know. Right. And she starts walking around the bed and starts dousing the bed in the kerosene. Right. She's like, oh, why can't you see? I'm trying to help you. And she's like Just super calm. Very she's subtle like, intimidation. But it's, she do. very much knows what she's doing. Right. She's like, if you don't do this, I will light you on fire. Right. Pretty much. <laughs> I will sacrifice you yeah. to God right now. <laughs> right. And so he ends up burning the novel. He's super like bummed out and pissed off. And he... He then escapes from the room because he finds one of her bobby pins on the floor. Which you pointed this out, and I didn't even notice this yeah. when you pointed out the special that shows that this bobby up pin gets. on the bobby pin. Which I said, I was like, that's Morticia Adams' special. <laughs> you exactly. say just pulled it over. Yeah. This, this is, little, or they used it for Adams Family later on. That's the light that the bobby pin gets. So he that was brilliant. He he's able to get out of his room. He goes around the house, sort of has a look around. He realizes that all the doors are locked. He grabs a bunch of the pain pills that she's been giving him because he has an idea. He's, he grabs a whole Which packet Which I love. Of it. I had no idea what he was doing. He grabs a whole packet of these pain pills. He ends up getting back into his room right as she pulls up. And she comes back and she actually has gifts for him. She's like, you're going to write the new Misery novel. Mm-hmm. I bought you a typewriter. I got you some paper. And oh my here we God. go. We're going to do little this. Thing, the little thing about the paper and smudge. Oh, right. The smudge. I really want a shirt or a sweatshirt that says <laughs> smudge on it and yeah. has a little smudge. That'd be great. That's such a great <laughs> fan uh, I would, I would love Just that. King Just that's sort of. such a little thing, and she got so mad when it smudged, even though he had nothing to do with that. It's yeah. like it doesn't matter that that's the most expensive paper; it just smudges. Right. And right. she's like, "Well, you need to learn to appreciate me more. I do everything for you." Granted, she's not wrong. Right. She does feed him. She does like take care of yeah, his pecan. Yeah. She does all of that. All but that like kind of stuff. it's paper, girl. It's right. he But she holds that. that over him right. and, and you find out that she sort of did that to most of her patients. She's like, I take I take care of you and this is how you treat me. And right. All this kind of stuff, which is why she loses her job later on, but is anyway. that why she loses her job? Well, I mean, we find out that she is this... Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So we get a little bit further in the plot. Uh, essentially, he's writing He's writing this whole novel about for her. misery for yes. her, essentially, about misery's return and about 
It, She's it, like in loyal, uh, a royal lineage or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is a thank you to Annie Wilkes. And, yes. And so he sees it as like, well, if I'm going to survive, I might as well do what she asks. Right. And then th- buy this, myself some yeah, time. Th- this will help him recover. It'll actually help make him stronger and potentially get him out of the house. Right. With his, with his uh, typewriter right. presses. Right. His He lifts this old iron royal typewriter over his head. Right. So he's, he's like trying to like get his upper body get strength. strength. I'm like, I'm I love like, that. That's I want really like great. a Rocky montage with that. <laughs> And we, we essentially get one where we take him through like a whole season where he's like doing oh, his yeah. little workouts and typing and everything. Right. We should mention that on the other side of this, there was a local sheriff who's trying to find oh, him. Oh, sweet Played man. by Richard Farnsworth, who's Which, amazing. With, I freaking love that his wife was Randy <laughs> AF. Right. Which, it's like this old this 70s couple. This is an older couple. couple right. like, and I, I even wrote down, I was like, horny grandma. <laughs> It's a small town sheriff and his wife is his deputy. They're trying to they're trying to find Paul Sheldon because his his agent called and said he's not back in New right. York. So they end up finding his car after the snow melts and they're they're sort of scouring this part of Colorado trying to find him. And I will say I loved how those characters were fleshed out. Those were not throwaways. Yeah, 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 those yeah, yeah. were very specific and which this is, I really like. This liked. is very uh I don't think these characters were in the novel and I have to give props to William Goldman who adapted the novel into a screenplay, he also adapted The Princess Bride for Rob Reiner. And he is a very well-known writer who's very good at writing not only novels, but... Cinematic representations of them. Yeah, yeah, of a screenplay adaptation. So much so that Stephen King actually mentions him in the novelization of It. He said he's the only writer who went out to Hollywood and did good. And he, he stayed good, that kind of thing. So he loved William Goldman, so he was more than happy to let him adapt. Sure. Um, so yeah, it was it's just very good, very tight writing. But so. yeah, so that's happening at the same time. They're trying to find him and are not able to. That was a very... I, I love those characters. Yeah. Those actually were probably one of my favorite parts of the movie, mm-hmm. those characters. So there's a second time that Annie leaves to go out of the house and go into town. But long story short, he gets out of his room again. It was when she went to go get the proper paper. No, that was the first time when he that that's when he went and grabbed the pills, and she and comes back he, and he's all sweaty and because he's clearly been oh, out of his room oh, 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 and he's oh, like, oh. "No, I've been sitting here in pain and I need my pills, and you left me here." And he so kind of turns big. it on her. I forget yeah. why she leaves the second time, but I he essentially too. gets out of his room again and finds like all of this you know her her photo album of why she was fired and all these articles about her being a nurse at five different hospitals and all right. these babies dying yeah, that's, okay. her okay. husband dying of suspicious circumstances so that's the part that i was confused about was oh, okay. that if she was fired because she just kept killing babies or mm. did she just kill everybody well she mentions i think she she didn't kill everybody Okay. But I think she she killed a lot of people. Okay. Um she she mentions when she was on the witness stand in Denver, she must have been acquitted or something because she's not in jail. She's right. living in seclusion by herself and everyone in town thinks she's crazy. Right. So uh, clearly nothing happened because See, of it. See, that was the other thing too is that I didn't know why I, I maybe I there's no reason for it, but I was like it, it seems like such a tight-knit community since it is so small. Yeah. So the fact that she wasn't immediately a little bit of a suspect for right. this person disappearing, I was like, what do people just not pay attention to her or yeah, yeah, yeah. but I don't know. 
I, maybe that's like that's early judgment. I think maybe in the novel there were like some kids who used to drive by her place and like throw rocks in her window oh, or something like that, right. like crazy Annie but Wilkes. To you be know? fair, though, later on when the sheriff does drop by, like she is so, so oh my god, she does such a great job of covering of like, everything. Come into my house, like I have no problem with you looking around. This is the reason why I have this typewriter and all this right. paper. Oh my god, I wanted to write the next Paul Sheldon novel because I thought he was dead and uh, like all. She this, does an amazing job so, of just so painting good. this pretty picture that explains everything to the sheriff. Yeah, yeah. So he's been collecting all these pain pills to try and drug her. Which I didn't know that. Yeah, so he he's taking all these these Navril, like, these this heavy-duty Tylenol. Right. Like, dumping the powder into this little paper cup, and he asks Annie, hey, will you have dinner with me? And while she's away from the table, he dumps all this stuff into her wine. And then she spills <laughs> she the wine! She spills the fucking like, wine! Oh my and the look God. on his face is like... Almost like a Curb Your Enthusiasm That's exactly look. what I, I literally like am writing David down the timestamp for that because that was exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Because he literally is like, takes all of this time to like do weeks, that. Like weeks, if not months. Weeks to gather together this stuff. And then he's, I also realized too, that means he just has to live with that pain. Yeah. He's yeah, just yeah, dealing yeah. with the pain he on is. his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like at first I was like, at first I thought that those were not actually pain pills. At, at first I thought they were something else. But yeah. I'm like, no, those are pain pills. I feel like they could have gone a little bit farther with that in the novel they they actually go into pretty deep and specific detail about how he gets addicted to these pain pills really so he ends up getting like dry mouth and like you you get to go through his whole thought process of like his addiction to these pain pills and how he he needs them but he can't have them because he's saving all the, yeah it's <gasps> now really i really good. want to read the book it's really good it's a very good like i said it's like 400 500 pages like That's you'll easy. probably read it in a week right if you wanted to interesting um okay. so yeah so she spills the wine and literally that's where I stopped taking notes. As soon as the wine was spilled, I, yeah. it just, it picks up. It yeah. starts to pick the fuck up. Because right. he's writing, we have the the montage of the lifting, the typewriter and he's writing and she's like approving all of the yeah, stuff. And yeah. she loves it. Loves it. There is one part where she doesn't love it because right. she catches something. Which, I mean, I really think that specific. also Like she shows... knows the story maybe better than he does. Right. And I think that's something that shows how how smart she is oh yeah yes she's unhinged but, but she's, she's incredibly, incredibly intelligent, intelligent. Yeah, yeah 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 right. which right. i love that mm. um so yeah then what so again i forget why she leaves the second time he gets out he looks through the whole photo album and be like oh okay so she has a history of murder and insanity oh and, and then he has the knife then he gets a, a a big kitchen knife right and then he's waiting for her to come back and he's got the knife hidden in his arms it was the rain Oh, was the rain. The rain was giving her the blues. Oh, right, 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 right. she had the gun. Right, but then she leaves and then comes back. You see her silhouette yeah, was, stand in front of the door. That's literally it. It was just because it was raining. Oh, And okay. she was like, sometimes rain makes me sad. Oh, she goes I away. I have a gun. I'm just going to go remember now. away. So in the book, she actually has another cabin sort of further up in the mountains oh. where she does some of her thinking or whatever. Sure, so that's I need where a she different goes. house for thinking, too. <laughs> of course, we all need our thinking house. I need house. a thinking house. Who right. doesn't? That's why we go to your aunt's house in New Hampshire. This is, so yeah. <laughs> this is our thinking house. <laughs> but seriously, but seriously though, though, I'm going to bet you let's get out of New York. most rich Manhattanites have that. So she she comes back, and he thinks that she's going to come right in and like give him his meds. Right. But she just goes straight to bed. Right. But before she heads upstairs, we see her silhouette like I stop right in front shot. of the door. And he's just like all done that. Waiting. And then she just 
goes on, yep. goes upstairs, turns on the TV, and he's like, all right, see you in the morning. And then he wakes up in the middle of the night, and she's standing over him. She fucking, dr- yeah, she fuck- <laughs> she drugs him, puts him to sleep, right. and then he wakes up the next morning, and he's strapped, strapped to the bed. to the bed. And he, like, his knife is gone, all this stuff. And she's like, hey, I know you've been out of your room. And the reason is, is because he bumped the ceramic penguin. Right. And when he picked it up, he put the penguin back, but he faced it the wrong way. Yeah. But then I caught that and I was like, oh, I guess she didn't notice. She knew. Because the thing is, is that you don't get any inclination that she knew about it. Right. And you miss the moment. You miss the moment during the dinner scene where she gives him this look. Do you think that was what I that think, was? I absolutely Where think that was just it. Like, because when we do the wide shot on the dinner scene, we see that the penguin has been pointed back in the right direction. Yeah. And and she was the one who did that. Interesting. And she gives him this look of just... Just like, oh... You think you're so smart. Right. You know? And I think that's a big part of Annie Wilkes' psyche. And she's like, you think you're smarter than me? Right. That kind of thing. And I'll show you. And you think I'm dumb because right. of the way I look and, or, and all this kind of too, stuff. And also, she's like, you know, I love you. And, like, I don't just oh love you right or pretty. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I love everything about you. And you'll never love me because I'm not Hollywood and all that. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but she's still also in that same vein while being self-deprecating is also like, how the fuck dare you? Yeah, right, Like, right. without any inclination that that's what. But, again, now that she knows that he's been out and is trying to hide it exactly you know so now she knows and she's like okay well i know that you've been out of your room and i know that you still need to finish this novel however you need to be punished for what you've done right and of course and during the scene you hear and this is a lot more specific in the book when he comes out of it he's still kind of high on whatever right she gave him laughing you hear this piece of metal being dragged over wood like oh i didn't catch that he's like what the fuck is that like and i think it happens once in the movie where Uh you hear this piece of metal like scraping and you can see her arm is kind of back here she's hiding something and she starts talking to him about like like, oh, what they used to do with diamond thieves when yeah, they stole. Yeah, like workers who would steal diamonds and try to run away. Right, and they didn't want to kill them because they wanted to keep them working, so they hobbled them. They broke their legs. And so she pulls out this sledgehammer, puts a block of wood between his ankles, and, and breaks crushes both, of his, both of his ankles. And the way they do it, they, they don't... I couldn't watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I couldn't watch it. It's, it's like... It's like the blink of an eye. Like you see, you see her take the swing, and then you see the foot go this way. But it's it's lightning fast. Nope, can't do it. It's really like it's nope. very unsettling. Nope, I did not watch it. That was and when my eyes were closed. So now he's stuck. Now his ankles are broken, and now she's like, after she breaks his ankle, she's like, God, I love you. Right. And then the scene just ends. And then I love how after that though, anytime that she's like, Oh, hey, love you, Paul. He just gives her the middle he just finger. Fucks. He's like, like Fuck you. She's like, Oh, such. A kidder. Right. So it, it the, we start Act Three with essentially them like more more or less like you see them as this weird married couple. Yeah. She's like, Hi, Eddie. He fucking flips her off. Right. He's exactly. like, Oh, such a kidder. Such a kidder. And so he's there finishing the novel. But time is also like running out for them yeah. because the snow is starting to melt. Exactly. So this, this, and she's aware of that. Yep. So yeah. she knows that there's only so much time. And then the sheriff comes over because he's boiled it down because he finds out that Annie's been buying all this typing paper, mm-hmm. all these weird supplies. That that she never mm-hmm. gets. He also figures out a quote from one of the books that is the Paul Sheldon book and that she was quoted in that in a newspaper article when she was arrested. When she was in court. Like, yeah. he, I gotta So say, he puts it together. He did a good job. And I was telling Megan, I want to see a movie about this old-timey detective. I would This small-town sheriff just solving, like, 
day-to-day crimes yeah. you know it's almost like old man true detective in a way but it's like but it's stuff that's totally <laughs> trivial until it pays off it with could this. be episodic it's like know? someone is like my milk didn't get delivered this week sheriff is on the case <laughs> so he shows up at annie's house and he and she stashes sheldon in the basement and he's like trying to fight her off and then she like gets she like injects him again step. he's yeah. like oh fuck like he he Jesus. falls unconscious and so the sheriff's looking around the house that's when she's being and so sweet on, yeah and she's covering her bases and sheriff's like okay i don't want to take up too much of your time and he leaves and sheldon finally wakes up and he hears it he gets back in the house he sees sheldon in the basement <laughs> and he walks comes up behind him and puts Two barrels of a shotgun that in his was back. so intense boom and his whole chest just boo explodes yep and you see her just standing behind him with this smoking shotgun and and, uh, and too she, i love too this is something that ben does i just need to pause for a second <laughs> anytime that someone shoots a gun and touches the barrel and grabs the goddamn takes, barrel or takes the gun and like puts it to their head or puts it to someone else's skin if it's been fired it's gonna be hot ben very always hot. says hot barrel she gra- so the barrels are smoking and she puts the gun down, but she grabs the whole barrel with her hand and just sets the gun down. Do you, I wonder how many people have done that and been like, ow, ow. Well, they do that in the yeah. movies and it's fine. It's fucking third degree burns, man. <laughs> it would have been great if there was like a little searing sound effect and she doesn't even notice like it's that boiling her hand great. and she doesn't even like, you know what? Let's that's just totally that true in. to Annie Wilkes. Let's but do that. Let's anyway, she's in. like, okay, now people know you're here. I'm going to kill us both. Oh, darling, it's going to be so beautiful. Yes. And he's like, no, no, no. We have to finish the novel. Well, but he's like, but too, he also switches to be like, you're right. I love you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like starts to play into it because he's like, this is the only way that I'm going to be able to get out of here is if I play into this. But let's bring misery back and then we can both do do the Dutch, essentially. So now he's writing like the last 40 pages and she's like so excited to finish it off and he finally finishes it up he, oh that's right because he had stored some of the lighter fluid right, in his he, pants he's in the basement so when he's down in the basement that's he right. finds the kerosene that's the thing is that there were some so many times that he did stuff like that where he was thinking and i couldn't figure out what he was thinking oh, of. like it wasn't something where i could anticipate what his next trick up his sleeve was like for him stashing the pills for him getting those pills for him in this part like getting the kerosene i couldn't figure there's out there's a lot what the to do in this movie was. with objects and there's a lot that. of really great little insert shots of yes. him grabbing the kerosene, of the match, of of the bobby pin, yes. of of the kitchen knife, of the pills. If the people who did <laughs> Clue right. are very, they're like, well, he was in the bedroom with the bobby pin. <laughs> Just a lot of really good coverage that you can sort of follow along. Maybe not, like you said, not knowing what he's doing, like, completely in the moment, but you're like, oh, that's what he's using the kerosene for, and oh, he did the pill thing so he can drug her and all this kind of stuff. So a lot of really great inserts. So he does the same thing she did to him. He takes the novel, throws it on the ground, douses it in kerosene, and he's like, hey, you know all these secrets? They're right here, and he just lights it up. And she's like, oh my god! And she's like, she goes down on the floor and puts the fire out with her hands. He lifts up the typewriter and just... Boom! Brings it down on her head, but she just takes the hit. I have to say that that hand-to-hand combat—that was probably one of the most inventive yeah. ways of having yeah. characters yeah. battle one another. Exactly. You have this. You, Paul is finally like fighting for his life yes. now, and she's got the gun. She's he's still in his wheelchair. Like, yeah. And she has. She's like a big woman, and he and she has all this strength, 
but thank God he's been doing his press ups with a typewriter right. and all, and like doing probably some tricep dips in his wheelchair, you know, so he's built up his upper body strength to try and match her a little bit. Right. But you get this really great, uh, it's, it's, it's clumsy. They're like and grabbing objects and like grabbing it. like and I love that books they don't and lamps. Make it and... So that because he's a man, they, it's like he's fighting <clears throat> injured. Yeah. They don't make it that it's like all of a sudden, cause he's a dude, he can overmatch her and overcome her. And you her. see like both of them are just sweating profusely. Oh, him yeah. especially. He's like grabbing pieces of the novel and like trying to shove it in her mouth and right. all this stuff. She's like kicking him in the balls and he he takes one of his broken legs and he like swings Swats. it like a bow. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, oh. Oh. oh god! See, see what happens? So Jesus. He, he grabs one of his legs Don't knock and like knocks her over. She hits her head on the typewriter and she's unconscious and he's like crawling away. But then, surprise, he, like, jumps on his back, and he takes, like, the misery <laughs> doorstop and right. clangs her in the head with Jesus. it. Jesus. It's and a I, really great to fight. Be, the misery doorstop, because we didn't talk <clears throat> about this, is the pig. She yes. has a pig that she's named a Misery. A sound named Misery. Yeah. So it is a <laughs> pig doorstop. <laughs> That she slams into her head. And he finally, you know, gets back. And he, uh, like 18 months later, we cut to him and, and his agent talking about this new original novel. And she essentially asks him to write a nonfiction about his whole experience with Andy right. Wilkes. And he's like, wow, you want me to drum up the most horrific experience of my life to make some money? And part of me is like, actually, that'd make a really good novel. It would, but also at the <laughs> Not same a novel, time, like, yeah. it's, he mm-hmm. has a valid point. It's like, yeah. yeah, let's take something that was really traumatizing for you and let's make some money off of it. And he has this little vision of her coming at him with this knife at the end. Yeah, because, with a little dessert tray. Because she's always with him. Like, you don't go through an experience like that without no. having these emotional scars. Right, but I, so here's the thing. I didn't like the ending and I can't figure out why. Really? I didn't like it. I like that he escaped. I think that's fine. Yeah. yeah. I like that he is having flashbacks of her I think that's fine it just I didn't like it and I can't figure out why I didn't like the ending what did you want I don't know that's the thing is is that it's like I maybe it's because like it was buttoned up too much Hmm. like with the the girl saying exactly the same thing that Annie said I'm your biggest fan I'm your number one fan I'm your number one fan or whatever like I uh, maybe it was that maybe it was (laughs) there was just something about it that I didn't like and I can't put my finger on why I think it's important to remember that Whenever you're dealing with a Stephen King novel and dealing with a character who's a writer, you're you're almost seeing the story from Stephen King's perspective. Right, of what it is to be so a writer. So I imagine people every day coming up to him and being like, oh my God, I'm your number one fan. or sure. I love your work. So that that kind of thing. I think it was more of a commentary on, on what sort of what he's gone I through. Don't know. I would love to know some alternate endings. So I think I'm going to I'm going to bring a few things up. All right. And this might this might help clarify some stuff for you. All right. This delves it into a little bit of trivia. So well, I say we jump into, into trivia, trivia right let's now. Let's do Perfect. it. Cue let's, trivia. Let's do it. Like I said, Jack Nicholson was offered the role of Paul Sheldon, but he passed because he was not sure he wanted to do another movie based on one of Stephen King's novels. Because he had such a horrific experience shooting The Shining oh. with Stanley Kubrick. Oh. Um, well, Stan- Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick is a pretty intense and awful oh my director. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is uh, quoted time and again, Stephen King thinks Annie Wilkes is his favorite character. Really? Because while he was writing, he he surprised himself. Like, he oh. he didn't really know where she was going or where she... I Do mean, we know if he was still doing heavy drugs at this point? That's the point that I want to bring up. 
Annie Wilkes is symbolic of King's substance abuse addiction. That's why she says, I love you. No one's going to take care of you like I do. I give you all this stuff and this is how you treat me. What? So we get that psychological battle of like, you need me and I give you all of this and this is how you repay me. And how dare you think you can give me up that kind of thing. That's why I think there's so there's so many deeper layers to the novel than what we get in the movie. But I, again, I appreciate what they did with the movie because it just boils it down to the two people. Interesting. But I think having Annie Wilkes represent his addiction yeah. just gives it a whole, whole other, other level. layer. Because That's she's amazing. sweet. Yes. And like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Here I'm here you. to help you get through this. And then I will better. turn on you. Yeah. And I will, I will fuck up your body. I will I, I will make you wish you'd never that. been born. That Ooh. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, and, so misery itself... He, uh, Paul Sheldon, as the writer, is of course represents King, and Annie Wilkes represents his, addiction. his drug addiction. Wow, yeah. fascinating! Which I love. So again, just another another really good reason to read the novel because I feel like it fleshes that idea out so much more. Huh? And in the end scene in the novel, he actually has this. Um, not flashback, but this sort of hallucination that he had at the end of the movie where she shows up as the room service maid. Uh-huh. And he he uh, he just kind of lets her in, doesn't look at her, but then he turns around and it's Annie and she's got this knife. He, like, jumps over the couch and all this kind of stuff. But then he realizes, of course, he's, like, daydreaming. But that's a part of his recovery, his, right. his weaning part himself of his off of his... Off of all of these Part substances, of PTSD, yeah, yeah, exactly. So again, it just it just gives that extra added layer. Interesting. James Caan once showed up to set Hungover, and all the scenes he shot that day were just unusable, at all. <gasps> and Rob Reiner told Caan that he had to do the scenes again because Reiner said there was a problem at the editing lab. And I think that's so true to Rob Reiner's character because. He always plays such a nice guy. Yes, he is. And I feel he's like he's just dad. like the teddy bear accommodating yes. director. And it's known like he he did interviews for this movie and he's like, I had a great time shooting it. Like everybody was super cool and like we were all just kind of one tight knit family. But he told Khan that the footage was unusable. He didn't tell him, hey, you were too hungover to for use any to of this shit. To... Wow. James Khan felt so bad that he used his own money to cover the cost of the days that they had to reshoot. Aww. So I feel like that was really classy. That's Yeah, that's good. If you, <laughs> if you own up to your mistake and you try to do something to mend it, that's yeah, good. I like yeah. that. Uh, Misery was almost turned into a Broadway play, which it eventually was, but they wanted Julia Roberts to play Annie Wilkes. No. And King was, he vetoed the idea because he said Annie, in his words, is a brawny woman yep. who can throw a guy around. She's yep. not a pixie. Yeah. Not that Julia Roberts is a pixie, but just looking at no, her. No, but yeah. Yeah, comparing yeah. like it's like I would rather cast. I'm trying to. Well, think Lori of. Metcalf played her on Broadway, which I feel oh, like okay. was a really good fit. Yeah, that's solid. the reviews. I don't think were very kind, but I feel like the actors more or less kind of fit the roles that they were cast yeah. in. I feel like that's hard to put into a play. Right, but. right. Uh, in the original idea for the novel, Annie planned to kill Paul Sheldon by feeding him to misery, to her. Oh pig, my god! And to take his skin and bind the new book that he had written. And it would have been called the Annie Wilkes first edition. <laughs> what? There's some the fucked up shit in the fuck? novel. There, there's uh, instead of a sledgehammer, she actually uses an axe. 
she cuts off some of his fingers. Like what? there's all of this more physical stuff. Okay, like maybe he, I don't want to read. He the book. wakes up and he's just like missing shit. Like Holy she just God. does stuff to him in the night, you know. Which again, like, is another play on addiction. Like you wake up and you're just like, what? The what fuck happened? Happen? Yeah, exactly. Right, you were out. Oh yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah. No, maybe I don't want to read. The maybe book. you don't want to. I don't want to read the book now. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, um, I want to give a little bit of trivia on. Um, God, the guy who played uh, Buster, the sheriff, his name is Richard Farnsworth. Okay. He was nominated for an Academy Award at the age of 79. So right at the end of his career, he was a stuntman for 35 years. What? Before he started acting. He was he was one of the chariot drivers in the Ten Commandments. That's how far back in Hollywood this oh guy goes. Oh my God. And he, he switched over to acting at a very late age. Was, again, nominated for an Oscar at 79. And that's why he, that, that, I think that's why that shotgun blast in the movie looked so good because he's a stuntman and wow. he just knew how to like move his React. body with yeah. this giant squib that blows out his chest. Sure. But again, like he, he's just this old tiny Hollywood veteran stuntman wow. who ends up playing this really great role in great misery. Role. And again, uh, to have that Oscar nomination at the end of his career was, I imagine, See, pretty cool. You don't need to have everything figured out by your mid twenties. You don't. He, he didn't actually even start acting or get into Hollywood until his early forties. Yeah, see? Yeah, he, Take the pressure uh, off of yourselves, yeah. guys. Kathy Bates ended up getting upset over the violence. James Conn recalled that his co-star was crying when it oh. came to shoot the infamous fight scene. Uh, Bates had also cried before shooting the fight sequence uh, in the middle of the movie, too. So she she got really emotional because I think, I don't know, I imagine Kathy Bates is a, a good kind, person, yeah. She, uh, she was actually best friends with one of my teachers in AMDA, so she had, like, a lot of stories about her and Kathy Bates, Aww. you know, and their friendship. And... See, that's the thing, and, like, I thinking like about it in a, in a perspective of, like, as an actor, are we done with trivia, by the way? I think so. Okay. That's um, so that's the other thing, too, for me, is, is that thinking about this, if I were ever to, you know, kind of play a role like this, because I have done... What we did in acting class was that, you know, character week where we yeah. played serial killers mm -hmm. and some of the stuff that I can imagine, it was exhausting doing it, just researching the part, putting together a script and then doing the actual project for 10 minutes. Yeah. That was exhausting enough. The fact that you'd have to play this character for an extended period of time. Rocket's dreaming. <laughs> Get him, bud. Get him. The fact that uh, that you would have to play this for an extended period of time would sure. just be exhausting. It's oh kind of like the same thing that you think of, like for Heath Ledger as Joker or Joaquin Phoenix as Joaquin Joker. Phoenix as yeah. Joker. Like it's <clears throat> it's emotionally, mentally, and spiritually exhausting. Yeah. Like I can totally understand why that would be so upsetting. Which to is her. why you do all this research. Which is why you do all this work ahead of time. Right. So between takes, you if you need to, you can sort of. Step in Check and step out. out when you yep. need to, just for your own sort of mental That's insulation. That's the thing that I don't get about people that are method, that want to stay in it the whole time. <laughs> like, that is not psychologically healthy for no, you. No, It's just not. It's like Gary Oldman said when he's like, when I hear actors say I became the character, he's like, no, that means you're psychotic. He's right. like, like you're, you're always you. There's always a core part of you right. that's attached to it. There you was, don't become this character. Right, there was like this one person that was playing um, Sally Bowles in Cabaret yeah. for a production that I saw, and when the, there was this interview with her where she's like, well, I haven't done a lot of acting before, but sometimes it takes me hours to get rid of Sally Bowles. She's just there. Yeah, I'm and not the saying... actor who was playing the MC was like, I take a shower. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and Joaquin Phoenix had had an interview about the Joker. He's like, yeah, for a couple of hours afterwards, you know, I would have to like kind of shake it off, exercise him out of my system, you know, because I'm still me, but I'm also living 
d- the circumstances of this person's life I based on what's I heard on the this page. rumor that he would just sh- just walk off set sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, I feel like he he may be uh, a very complicated actor to work with because he's always trying to produce and create something that's very real. Yeah, you know, and I think he's like kind of like Ed Harris, where he's like, I don't have time to like just like pussyfoot around or like come on set and just like goof the fuck off. He's like, I'm here to work. And if you're not, then if you're not matching my level of intensity, then he gets frustrated. I like he had to walk off and then come back. I, I think you know? that's an inexcusable. Now that I know again, yeah. <laughs> the little tiny fragment of a bit that I know on this side of the camera now right. that I'm switching over, yeah. that is inexcusable, unprofessional and not classy. You know, the, you know, the actor you hired to do. True. Hired to do the job, and True. he was hired to play that role. I bet Todd Phillips knew what he was getting into. So if you're if you hire Joaquin Phoenix or Ed Harris, you might get some moodiness. I'm still shaking my head. But I feel like part of that is required. I guess that separates a good performance from a great. You performance. can still be a normal. Anyways. <laughs> Anyway, so that's it. That's misery. I highly, I, I can't recommend this movie enough. It's fun. It's really good at creating that sort of psychological, sort of claustrophobic ambiance. You really get a lot of back and forth between these two characters that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Great supporting roles as well. It's shot well, written well, directed well. Um, I would recommend I this it. for somebody who loves movies and has seen a lot of movies like of past times, has seen, you know, classics from the 90s, the 80s, et cetera, et cetera. I do not think this would do well with a millennial no, 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 audience. No, no. They'd be like, this is boring. It's not fast enough. Yeah. But that's why I would like it. Exactly. It's like the same thing how Quentin Tarantino has a slow burn. This has the same thing. And it, it's intentional. I was yeah. really frustrated with, again, the shifting of the shots with the music. But then once we switched after the wine spilled and I could couldn't take my eyes off of it. Yeah. That was not an accident. Yeah. So, but that's the thing is, is that if you don't think about it in that way and think about the overall arc and artistry of a movie, mm-hmm. you're going to get bored. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it, I don't think this would do well with current audiences, you know, under the age of 30, you get a lot of really creative stuff with this though. The Dutch angles that sort of show, uh, Annie's like tilts like off the si- off the psychological right. edge. I know um, people that are under the age of thirty that would appreciate it, but it's because they're in. I'm speaking for the majority, right? right they're yeah. in cinema. They're yeah. in filmmaking. They would be on their cell phones and vaping in the theater and <laughs> leaving five times to go to the bathroom or check their Instagram or whatever. Um, yeah, I I love it. I highly recommend reading the novel. Again, it's it's not very long. It's it's very intense, but yeah. I feel like it'll just kind of help flesh out the movie a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But uh, this actually reminded me a lot of like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. I like, want to do this on its on its simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's and it's, do it's this. written for the stage. Let's do it. Let's do let's it. Let's just add this to the list. Okay, so let's know. just let's talk to Hudson Warehouse. <laughs> we'll have them do it. I know you guys only do classics, right? But, but we want to do this misery. is classic enough. <laughs> it's, it's almost it's, thirty years it's old. It's almost thirty years old. <laughs> that could be a classic. Come on, it's a modern classic. It's like mid-century mod, but for but for. <laughs> Mid-century Plays. misery. Right. Exactly. Um, that's it. That's misery. Um, I love it. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah I'm glad I've watched it. I understand a lot more references now. Sure. And uh, <laughs> it's definitely, it's a character study and really, really incredible filmmaking. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, thanks for listening, guys. That's it. And thanks again to Upper West Side Radio for broadcasting and mm-hmm. uh, help uh, expand our audience. Yep. Um, we'll be back next week. Yeah, I have a couple of ideas. Yeah, I kind of like be Halloween. It'll be a oh, Halloween right, one, right, so our yeah, actual yeah. Halloween one. So part of me is like, do we want to go like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or do we want to go? I think that's Hocus what we Pocus. wanted to do originally. I'd really like to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I'm, uh, I know, but it's one of those that like maybe you just see once and you never see again. 
That's how most of these are. I think there's only a couple where I would want to see it was him again. It was made in the 70s, which means it's it's like a really, uh, I don't know, like people describe 70s movies as like dangerous. But when they were making movies back in the 70s, they weren't trying to be dangerous. They were just movies. Right, I know. And they were good, yeah, you know? But Texas Chainsaw Massacre is very, is, is kind of rough. Right. Um, Anyways. But maybe we should, that's why we should watch it. We'll figure it. out something. We'll figure it out. And we'll be back next week. Um, thanks for listening. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share if please you can. Share. We, I tell all the people. Please tell the people. <laughs> Shout out from the rooftops. Tell the people about our podcast. Go tell it on the mountain. Uh, that, I think that's it. Cool. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.